I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. My name is Arjun. and today we're going to talk about something that happened recently in the united states and it is causing a major movement in the united states and it can actually have a significant impact everywhere else in the world so this is about the abortion rights situation and the roe v wade case and to discuss this we have today mega and priyal both of whom are research analysts at the takshila institution and we're uh, going to delve deeper into what exactly is the roe v wade case what exactly is the situation in the us right now and how it might kind of impact abortion rights in the us itself and we'll just end it with the implications on india maybe and what is the current situation on in india so hi priyal hi mega welcome to the show hi arjun nice to be here hello arjun nice to be here again yeah cool um so this happened two days back right so uh, the politico magazine they released a draft ruling of the us supreme court which actually showed that they were try- uh, trying to overturn the ruling of the roe v wade case this was a 1973 case and uh, which kind of legalized abortion rights in the us so this was actually met with a lot of backlash from a lot of groups because this kind of had a very uh, this uh, if this actually happens it will have a very big impact on abortion rights in the us itself so what i wanted to ask you uh, you guys especially i think mega has been looking into this so uh, mega what exactly is the roe v wade case which happened and what was the ruling back then and uh, if this kind of decision is overturned by the supreme court what effect would it have on the american abortion rights itself does it mean that it's completely banned or does it mean that there are more caveats to attach to it yeah so let me start with this leak currently so actually this is this is not a whole judgment which is leaked it is judgment of one of the judges so in us supreme court is nine judges and one of the judge samuel alito he is a con- i think this the correct pronunciation as far as i know so he is a conservative leaning judge so this is his judgment which was leaked by politico Also, this has been a little controversial because in the Supreme Court, there's always this division, ideological division, or uh, not ideological, I'd say, but you know, political division between judges. They're either democratic leaning or conservative leaning. So currently, there is a conservative majority in the U.S. Supreme Court. So that's why, if uh, if this is you know, a opinion of a conservative judge, it's more likely that other conservative judges also kind of you know concur on his points. and if this document shows that he is leaning towards overturning the case which has been a long time conservative demand then an indication that how what the judgment is going to be and actual judgment will come i think later this year so yeah this is background now regarding the case so around i think in 1969 a woman actually the her name was pseudonym was jane row after which the case is named but her actual name was norma mccorvey So she filed for abortion in uh, Texas. So she wanted to abort her child, but Texas laws didn't allow that. 
So she was pregnant for the third time. She didn't want that. She claimed that the child has uh, this unmotivated child uh, and result of a rape. So she didn't want that child. But for that, she needed permission. But of course, that case dragged on and it didn't happen. She ultimately did give birth to a girl child and put her for adoption. But the case went to Supreme Court in 1973. And in January of 1973, the Supreme Court decided that there's one more case. It was called Doe versus Bolton. So Supreme Court decided that under right to privacy, women should be allowed to abort child. And this was a federal decision. So what it did was it kind of, you know, since it was a federal decision, it demanded its states to make, you know, give women permission to abort. So again, a little bit, an explanation on terminology. So Jade Roe was the one who filed for case and uh, it's called Roe versus Wade because Henry Wade was the district attorney of the Dallas County in Texas against whom the case was filed. And he, since he was the district attorney, he was defendant of the case. Sorry, not defendant, but you know, the one who represents state side, it was named like that. So what happened after the work day, Supreme Court tried to balance women's right to privacy and state government's interests to, you know, protect the health and uh, health and life of women. So they would try to balance that. So they created a trimester system. So if you're pregnant and uh, you want to abort in first trimester, that is first three months of pregnancy, then women got absolute right to abort. Then if you're in second trimester of uh, your pregnancy, then there will be some government regulation on who can abort and that depended on states. And then there was the third trimester. Then uh, state individual states did have right to restrict or ban abortions because that in third trimester fetus is uh, actually in the, to the point where it can live outside the womb. So this was kind of, you know, a layered structure. But even in the final trimester, the ruling allowed women to, uh, you know, obtain an abortion if the doctor certified that this is necessary to save her life or, uh, you know, there's some other complications. So this was the original verdict. But what happened was, again, this is very controversial and very landmark because before, uh, landmark decision, because before this, Women didn't have right to, like, absolute right to abort, even if it was a first trimester of pregnancy. But over the years, many, you know, other judgments kind of, you know, watered down this verdict, effect of this verdict. So, for example, in 1980, the Supreme Court in U.S. upheld a law that banned the use of federal funds for abortion, except when it's necessary to save women's life. So, it kind of, you know, if you can't use, uh, so this is a federal law, a federal judgment, and that's why uh, there were federal funds available, federally funded clinics available. But uh, after 1980, it became difficult to obtain funds for, you know, federally sanctioned abortion clinics. Then also in 1989, there was some more restriction approved by Supreme Court, which again allowed states to, you know, prohibit abortions and have some more laws. And then again, in 1990, there was one more case. It was called, uh, I think it's called Planned Parenthood versus Casey case, which again allowed states to restrict abortion even in the first trimester and even for non-medical reasons. So, you know, there's this constant movement towards upturning this case. Okay, that's interesting. So, I mean, it wasn't just, uh, you know, like a case wherein there was just one petitioner and it was just went for them. It actually kind of 
set the precedent for abortion rights across the country. And especially you mentioned how in a federal system like the US, there are different uh, states involved and each state has its own uh, conservative or liberal leaning and they have their own uh, way of thinking about this and they were kind of uh, given the right to make their own laws. So in this scenario, right, if this ruling goes through and if the final ruling comes out wherein they overturn the decision of this case, how would it impact around US itself? Like, are the are the states then responsible for kind of having their own laws in place? Or is it just the fact that it's uh, like, no, there is still a, f- a federal law in place regarding abortion or something like that? Because I saw a report wherein the Oklahoma governor already came out with his law stating uh, that they, they would ban abortions itself in the state. So how does this work then? Yeah, so... A bit background to this is that in US, there's a very strong federal structure. So each state have their own laws and it's not, it, they are not necessarily similar to the federal laws. So what if this case is, if this Roe versus Wade case is overturned, then it will delegate the responsibility to uh, make laws about abortion to states. So essentially it means that mostly the conservative leaning states or they're also called red states, they're likely to, you know, make abortion difficult, even in extreme circumstances. Like For example, I think there are 13 to 22 states uh, based on different reports. They already have what they call as a trigger laws. I mean, they already have passed laws. Everything's ready. As soon as the Roberts' weight is overturned, those laws uh, will come into effect immediately. And in Texas, Texas has gone a step forward. They are planning to bring a law where Anyone who helps a woman to get an abortion, like for example, a doctor or I don't know, maybe practitioner or even some other person, they uh, any other person can sue the one who is helping women to get an abortion and they don't even have to be related. So it's literally like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I, I got to know that my neighbor or someone in my colony has got an abortion, I can actually sue that person that they have done this thing. And this is crazy. This has a huge impact on women because it effectively states that women who are in red states or in conservative-leaning states are going to lose their right to, you know, freedom of freedom to choose what they want to do with their own body. And there are a lot of other implications for women's rights movement. One problem behind this, you know, overturning is that this has been a major conservative movement towards this and you know push to make this happen and this will see this will be seen as a win and also there's other thing this case was decided based on right to privacy which has also become base for other rulings like uh, right you know get to get married uh, the same sex marriage so if this is overturned it's likely that other cases who were uh, ruled based on right to privacy will also be challenged so again, yeah, huge implications for all the, you know, movements or progressive movements which have been responsible in the last few decades. Okay, that's, yeah, that's something uh, that will be a very uh, interesting thing to watch out for because as you said, right, if this sets the precedent for uh, any other progressive movement and again, with the whole conservative getting the, uh, you know, advantage in this abortion rights case itself how will it affect you know the lgbtq community and all the questions uh, remain unanswered and we kind of have to know what to expect anyways let's take a small break and we'll be right back
Welcome back to this episode of All Things Policy. We were discussing uh, the Roe v. Wade case and uh, how it kind of impacts the abortion rights in the US itself. So Priya, let me come to you now. So what would kind of be the state of the US in a post-Roe v. Wade world? Like, you know, Mega mentioned about how this might impact, you know, different communities and stuff. So does this ruling, potential ruling in the US have any implications anywhere else? Or, you know, would it kind of make a difference in US itself? So uh, what do you think? Right. So a lot of what would happen to the US after post Roe v. Wade thing is what Mega had already mentioned, right? You know, in terms of undoing this entire, undoing the Roe v. Wade case and like eliminating the right to abortion opens up like the door to dismantling other rights that are in place that have previously been protected under the right to privacy. And in that, including the same-sex marriage, interracial marriage, as well as the right to, you know, decide certain aspects of your child's education. Now, in addition to that, a lot of, um, Omega also mentioned about uh, the triggered law, uh, right? More than 20 states have already have laws that could restrict or ban abortion as soon as the Supreme Court overturns Roe. And it is, this trigger law is designed to take effect after a Supreme Court ruling. And some states also have pre-Roe abortion bans on the books that haven't been enforced. Now, other laws express the intent of states to crack down on abortion if it is permitted by the Supreme Court. Another effect that I can see happening in the post-Roe v. Wade world would be an influx of, you know, healthcare in the states which allows safe abortions, which allows legalized abortions. So, the healthcare system could be overburdened in those states, in the blue states, like previously what uh, Mega was mentioning. So, for example, after Texas enacted its six-week ban on abortion last year, some residents began to get abortions out of state. And in the, in the I think, final four months, if I'm not wrong, the Planned Parenthood clinics in the states near Texas reported nearly 800% increase in abortion patients from Texas compared to the same period in the previous years. So that is another thing that is not looked at or that could potentially become a reality. Another thing is also that women of color will bear the brunt of uh, further abortion restrictions. Now, according to the Associated Press, the Black and Hispanic women get abortions at higher rates than their peers. And women of color also experience higher poverty rates and could have harder time traveling out of state for an abortion. So this could mean that, you know, there's a saying, right, that you are not banning abortions, but you're banning safe abortions. So potentially you're risking their health. Because if they can't, if they cannot access safe abortions, so they are obviously going to go for unsafe ones and putting their health at risk. And like adding on to that point or extending on that point, it will will and would lead to long term negative long term health effects. There was a study from University of California, San Francisco, that found that women are harmed by denying by being denied abortions. The women surveyed who gave birth had economic hardships that lasted for several years and were more likely to raise children alone and were at higher risk of developing uh, serious health problems than those who had abortions. 
So all in all, I think you're basically by undoing this ruling, you're allowing people to access more unsafe ways to get abortions rather than making it more safer is what I feel. And in, I know there are much more implications of it, but I think we'll have to slowly wait and see. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good answer. I mean, if we had already seen the fact that people used to go out of state to get abortions done, and uh, right. as you mentioned, right, the healthcare system would take a hit in terms of there would be a, you know, a, this appropriate, uh, most of the abortions would now happen in the blue states and then that, yeah. that would kind of impact their healthcare system also. Right. Also, also, I think if we were to talk about it, nearly 24 states are looking forward to ban abortion. So you can see that nearly half of the half of the country is going to ban abortions. The other half is going to be overburdened by the influx of the people from those 24 states. Right. So you see yeah, the imbalance. Yeah, yeah, that that would cause a major imbalance. Mega, you had something. Yeah. So with this one more effect, I think from a global women's rights perspective, this is a very bad trend. Because, you know, after the, the first and second waves of feminism and after the lot of you know, discourse and struggle to gain or maybe, you know, choice to, uh, to make a choice about your own body, the, that right was very difficult to obtain. It was okay. Right. So this case, Roe versus Wade, was a result of a very long struggle. And it right. kind of, you know, also inspired similar struggles around the world. So to see this landmark judgment getting overturned is also bad news for women's rights all over the world. All over the world, right? Because seeing what happened in the US, it sort of led other countries to, you know, take a similar path. Now you see a very regressive decision being made. Now people or countries that look up to like the US for certain laws and things like that would possibly you know, use this as an excuse to go back to their regressive days. So that's a major yeah, blow yeah. to all the yeah, women's this is, this rights. This will be a major blow to uh, women's rights because, yeah, right, as right. you guys mentioned, right? So it this isn't just one case or one person. This is a whole uh, society um, regarding a whole society. And if this happens, then, yeah, it can kind of trigger a chain reaction. And uh, yeah, you know, who, God knows what might happen then. Yeah, yeah, yeah anyways. Exactly. So one last question, right? So what does this um, have to do with India? I mean, I know it doesn't have to do much with India, but what's the situation like that in India, right? So abortion rights have been, you know, kind of contesting topic in India also. Has India ever had this kind of row moment wherein uh, some kind of, you know, petition reached the Supreme Court or even there was a landmark decision made by the judiciary or was there like a law which was which was codified regarding abortion rights or anything like that? Right. So India has not necessarily had like a quote unquote Rome Rome moment. Okay. So no court, no case at the Indian Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Court has um, left like sort of an indelible uh, impact on the Indian abortion, um, how would you say, jurisprudence as like the Roe case left in the US. But however, like the absence of this, what do you say, landmark constitutional case on abortion does not necessarily mean Indian courts uh, do not engage with the abortion question. And over the years, Indian women who have been seeking abortions beyond the, what do you say, the conditions laid down by the law have uh, gone to the courts and not, I think most these mostly to the high courts and supreme courts requesting permission for terminating the unwanted pregnancies. 
this is mainly because so recently in 2021 there was an amendment made to the medical termination of pregnancy act 1971 now prior to this 2021 amendment abortions could be performed within uh, 20 weeks of pregnancy and this condition and this was possible if the continuing the pregnancy meant that it would give rise to grave injury to the mother's physical or mental health. Now, recently though, with the 2021 amendment, they have changed it and the this limit of 20 weeks does not, uh, did not hold good when there was a danger to the pregnant woman's life. And uh, the pregnancy, uh, uh, the termination of pregnancy was, uh, a timeline was extended to uh, 24 weeks by the 2021 amendment. There are, there have been fewer changes here and there that I think uh, if we go into the details of it, we'll need an entire episode discussing it. So I'll just keep this very brief and short. So yeah, these were some of the amendments that were made. Okay, cool. Thank you, Priya, for that. Yeah, as you said, right, there there needs to be a whole other conversation on abortion rights in India itself. And uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, or with regard to the legislation, which is already in place so you there's a lot to talk about there also so yeah, yeah. but i think anyway. it's uh, sort of fair to say that compared to the us i think india has sort of very um i don't know if using the word liberal is the right word but like fairly good abortion laws in place compared to the us when you see the situation there so yeah yeah that's very you know um warming to know that right? but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because considering the fact that, you know, in a patriarchal society like India, and which has, yeah. a lot of, which suffered from a lot of female infanticide and stuff. Right. So this is a good thing. And hopefully, yeah. you know, this kind of judgment being overturned in the US should Won't not, take, you know, affect, yeah. yeah, I hope it doesn't regress our laws in any sort of way. And uh, I just hope that day never comes and that we just keep moving forward from where we currently are. That's my hope. Yes, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's all uh, we can hope for. Thanks, Mega and Real. Uh, this was a very nice conversation to have. I think everyone needed to know this. and It's something that everyone should know about. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for being on the show. Tune into the next episode of All Things Policy. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Arjun. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.